this show is not for the easily offended. So if you are easily offended, go listen to something else. Comic Book Noise. I'm your host, Derek Howard. Comic Book Noise can be found at comicbooknoise.com as part of the Deliberate Noise Network. For more details, please go to deliberatenoise.com. Or if you want to see the archives of shows that are no longer with us, uh, you can go to deliberatenoisenetwork.com. Uh, <laughs> if you'd like to send feedback, you can email me. My email address is Derek, that's D E R E K, at comicbooknoise.com. Or you can call the audio comment line at 734-331-0772. If you'd like to donate to the uh, <laughs> to the ongoing fiscal health of the show, or the network as a whole, to tell the truth, uh, please go to, go to comicbooknoise.com, and there are links where you can uh, donate through PayPal or... Uh, Alphonic Minutes or you can become a patron like these uh, fine young men because there are no women on the list so I'd like to say thank you to the patrons uh, Bruce Rosenberger Rick Hansen James Johnson Ken Kennedy, Chris Ivey Edward Elmore Jr. Dave Levine and Frankie DeJesus and as always I'd also like to thank Mike Myers and David A. Price for all they do behind the scenes. Alright, um... I haven't seen uh, Captain Marvel yet. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those times where if you really want to make a, uh, a donation in PayPal, please do. Uh, your friend Derek can't afford to uh, go to the show. At least not on... Uh, Probably could have gone on Saturday, but uh, somebody used to work every Saturday now only works every other Saturday, and this Saturday they weren't working, so yeah, that. I'm not talking about me anyway. Um, so I haven't seen it yet. It seems like there are a lot of uh, positive reviews coming out. I haven't come across anybody who said it was a bad movie. Um, no, I did. I did come across one person who said it was a bad movie. Um, but everybody else has said it's either a good movie or it's an okay movie, you know. Some people said it was lower than Thor, The Dark World, which is uh, universally reviled as being the worst MCU movie. Um, and others are putting it up there with uh, Black Panther and Infinity War. So, you know, there's... There you go, you know. And it's funny, too, is that a lot of the people... You know, because they're... As you know, I hang out uh, online with... um, People who like everything, people who hate everything, and people who are biased um, towards DC or towards Marvel, you know. And so I know how all those people are going to react. Okay, 
Um, and the, the fact that I haven't heard from any of the I hate everything crowd about this movie actually tells me that it must be a pretty good movie, you know, because these guys shit on everything and they haven't been shitting on this movie. So either they haven't seen it or they seen it and they don't want to, uh, I don't know, break, uh, break their, um, their, uh, their streak of, uh, being Eeyores, you know, I'm trying not to comment on the uh, traffic, so anytime I take a deep breath and a sigh, just realize that I want to swear uncontrollably at that time at someone who was driving in front of me, okay, anyway, um, so I haven't seen Captain Marvel, and there was, there was, Show. Yeah, apparently, I believe that Jessica Jones season three came out this weekend, but I didn't see <laughs> any kind of response to it, any kind of social media uh, response. Or so maybe it came out last year in March. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is it's, uh, yeah, the, um, the relationship between Marvel and Netflix has gone way downhill. That now I'm beginning to wonder if they'll even keep the Marvel shows on their service when, um, you know, for very much longer. You know, because I'm almost positive that uh, Netflix, like a half owner of the of the shows, you know, not the characters, the characters are licensed, but the shows themselves. Um, but I wouldn't put it past them to just say, hey, you know what? We're doing good with other stuff. We don't we don't need this on our network anymore. Um, and as soon as that happens, a lot of people are going to start moaning and crying about it. But I don't even know if Disney can move them over to Disney+. Plus. So I don't know. If you haven't seen those shows or if you're behind, you should catch up really quick. Because I know I definitely need to catch up. I still am on... Um, Iron Fist season two, so I haven't seen. Let's um, see, Daredevil season three, um, Punisher season two, or Jessica Jones season three. If it had in fact came out this weekend, I don't know. Um, I'm almost to the final episodes of uh, The Umbrella Academy, which is on Netflix. It's a good show. I don't remember a whole lot about the uh, comic series uh, itself, because I read it a long time ago, and I read it in like, quite possibly uh, one of the most messed up ways you could read the Umbrella Academy, because I didn't read number one first, I read number two, and then three, four, five, and six, and then I got my hands on a copy of number one, and Number one was drastically different. I was like, whoa, what, what is this? And then I was like, oh, okay, so this happened and there's a flash. All right. It's just, like, really weird. And I guess for that reason, it sort of lacked the, uh, the oomph that it otherwise should have, you know? Because when I read number two, it was like, okay, so these are all new characters. I don't know what happened in number one, but they look kind of messed up, you know? 
um, and to see them at like the height of their uh, precociousness as, as kids superheroes probably would have been a lot more John, you know, for them to be all grown up and messed up. But anyway, I'm liking the show. Um, and it's really weird, like I said, I don't remember a whole lot, but the things I do remember have not taken my enjoyment away from the show, you know, um, the, what was it, number one, Luther, uh, you know, I already knew his, his big secret, um, and I already knew who, uh, uh, like the big bad is in the series, so watching that, uh, unfold is been kind of uh, cool. Although there's a character I don't recall and it seems like they might be the catalyst for the big bad. Well, I don't know. Anyway, so like I said, I'm enjoying it. When I get to the end, I'll probably try to find my issues and uh, reread the series. But it's really good. And if, um, if Netflix can, because I'm almost positive they own all of uh, Mark Millar's stuff. Uh, they could have something like that with, um, oh shit, what's it? Jupiter's Legacy and stuff like that, which was a uh, miniseries. I don't believe I ever finished it, but the stuff I did read, I kind of liked. And it's sort of like, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's going to sound like it's been played to death, but what if, uh, superheroes and kids of superheroes were celebrities who just cared more about uh, fame and money than anything else, you know, and like I said, storylines like that have been done in the past, but this one I thought was done really well, and if Netflix wanted to go in that direction with their superhero properties, they'd have something, I think, that could fit in rather nicely between, um, the uh, gritty realism of the of the Marvel shows and the uh, the Umbrella Academy, which is a lot more fanciful, you know. I thought it's funny. Um, friends of mine compared it to a Wes Anderson film, and I'm not a Wes Anderson fan at all. Um, I've seen his movies. I thought they were sort of pretentious. Um, actually like P.W.S. Anderson a lot more. <laughs> and if you know what he's, his big claim of fame is, and you'll know why I'm laughing. But anyway, um, yeah, so that's just, that's just how it is. So if you haven't seen Umbrella Academy and you're wondering what it's all about, um, it's about, what, eight episodes? And it's pretty good. They're pretty good ones. At least the, uh, the six that I've watched so far have been pretty good. As soon as I get some time, I'm going to watch the other two. And then I've got to finish um, Iron Fist, which I'm finding difficult. Because, you know, a lot of people didn't like the first season of Iron Fist. And I didn't see it as, as horrible. Because I've, I've talked about it on the show. Um, I actually kind of liked it. And, you know, in retrospect, the more I think about it, I kind of liked it the first season. The second season, I don't know. They they got rid of the... Uh, the, the the ramshackle nature of the storytelling, I guess. Um, so, um, I think that's why I'm having 
trouble getting through it. It's more about setting up the uh, the characters and um, the the tensions between them than actually, you know, fighting for good reason. So anyway, but uh, to talk about comic books, I actually read some comic books. So I read Mage Fifteen. Um, excuse me, Mage the Hero Tonight number 15 um it's the wrap up of what almost 40 years of storytelling uh and I'm probably going to talk about that for the patrons um I got a whole list of shit I wanted to I want to talk about for the patrons I'm actually had a, a an idea for a, a show that might be patron only um but that's in the future Shit, I can barely sit down to find uh, time to, to watch two hours of television. So, starting new shows, new podcasts, I just said, it's kind of difficult. Anyway, so I read that. Um, I enjoyed it. It did not end the way I thought it was going to end. I'm not going to tell you how it ended, but I thought it was going to end with uh, Kevin and Mirth reuniting and uh, Kevin has to make a big sacrifice to save his family and um, of course magic is involved and the very end of the series I thought was going to uh, be where Kevin is sitting on a uh, sitting on the street, you know, like he ends up losing his memories, um, and he just pretty much goes, like, back in time to, like, the first couple of pages of, uh, Mage the Hero Discovered, it's gonna be this whole linear loop thing, and I am so glad that he, that, um, Matt Wagner didn't go in that direction, it would've, you know, I think a lot of people would've been still okay with that sort of ending, now, this is a story of a hero, and, you know, this isn't uh, Wagner. We don't need to go in the fucking rain, you know. Um, this isn't the ever-repeating um, cycle of Ragnarok. Let's just get this over with and move on. And the funny thing is, is that uh, there was a definitive ending, which is something that a lot of superhero books, creator owned or not, they just don't do that, right, they just say, okay, you know what, unless it's, like, planned out, for like, from the beginning, um, like, uh, Terry Moore's Echo, <sighs> Terry Moore's Echo had a definitive ending, but that seemed like it was, uh, straight up novel, you know, um, Jeff Smith's Bone had a definitive ending. It seemed like a novel, you know, where it was always meant to have a particular ending, and it's actually something was always meant to have that particular ending. Um, and then there are other ones that just pretty much go on and on, or they try to do a whole Watchmen 12 thing where, you know, there's an ending, but we leave just enough wiggle on that there could, that these characters could come back, you know? Okay. 
Um, but he didn't do that. He had a, a very definitive ending. All the characters were placed where they needed to be placed, and fade black. You know, I mean, it was. I I liked it. You know, um, I was trying to think if there's anything that I would have changed about the ending, and I don't think so. I do not think so. I thought it was uh, perfect. You know, it wrapped up everything it needed to wrap up. So there you go. Anyway, um, another book I read though was uh, first issue of uh, Female Furies, which is a six-issue miniseries from DC Comics. Um, The writer is Cecil... something Italian that starts with a C. You know? Um, Adrian Mello was the illustrator. I think Hi-Fi did the uh, colors... And uh, Carlos Manuel did the letters. That I definitely remember. <laughs> you know, um, now female furies are uh, characters from the uh, the the what the Fourth Kingdom, um, Jack Kirby's Fourth Kingdom, also called like the New Gods of uh, you know the, the Tales of New Genesis versus Apocalypse. These are um, like a specialized all-female um, group of apocalypse warriors. And this one is kind of like <coughs> excuse me, the origin story of the team as well as um, telling how they got to be like this elite group. Um, and I'll tell you right now the um, <laughs> uh, comics Gator guys, right? They're gonna hate this book because it. There's definitely a uh, a story that they're trying to tell about how um, even on Apocalypse, women aren't treated equally. Which, to tell you the truth, um, this is Apocalypse. This is this is. Dark Side's joint, you know. Everybody gets. In the past, everyone that I saw was treated equally, and that they were all grubs compared to, you know, the magnificent selves of Dark Side. Um, but this one, they're, they're putting a lot of overt sexism into it, and so I know that the comics Gator guys aren't gonna like it. God, I keep forgetting their name. I just want to keep calling them the incel community, you know? The comic book-related incel community, apparently. Um, and I will tell you that it gets... The, the, the story sort of took me by surprise at a number of junctures. Um, but not for the rampant sexism, because if that's the story, that's the story you want to tell, you know? no way around that but the fact that this is a story to tell at all because the impression that I've always gotten was that um, Granny Goodness was not only one of 
Dark Side's most trusted, but she was the most trusted because he trusted her with the future of his shock troops, you know, the future of uh, of his army, basically, you know. But the way that this is sort of portrayed, at least in his first issue, is that it was sort of like a demotion that she took um, advantage of, you know. Um, and I've always thought of the female furies, like I said, as the elite of the elite, you know, that the only ones, that the only reason that Calabac got the call to do as much as he did was because he was Darkseid's son, you know, and when you have people like uh, uh, Steppenwolf and, oh God, the guy with the hat. I cannot ever remember his name. Shit. Him and um, uh, Glorious Gottfried and uh, decide that those guys were always trying to um, maneuver themselves into uh, favorable positions because they were not as um, favored as Granny, you know. And that when you had people like the Deep Six, um, or a bunch of uh, other specialized warriors like Mantis and guys like that, that once again, as um, Aaron Bedlam, was that his name? Shit, no. Anyway, as uh, as favorite as they were, they still could not compare to the female Furies, you know? It's, it's, it's sort of like this, right? <clears throat> if you were a uh, character in the DC universe, or if you're a writer, if you're a reader, just basically like this, if you're a reader of DC universe and Calabac shows up, you know there's going to be some destruction, right? But that eventually he's going to end up getting his ass whooped, right? Um, same thing with Mantis, same thing with Steppenwolf, same thing with the guy with the hat who's got a, like a, a Van Dyke beard, like, damn, I cannot remember his name. Uh, but you know, you see people like that, or you see um, parademons or something like that. You know, there's going to be a fight. They're going to get that ass whooped, right? But when the female furies came up, when they came out of nowhere, they popped out of a boom tube. You know, you knew some shit was about to go down. Right, that's just always the impression I got. It's like you don't fuck with the female furies, um, and in this one, people are fucking with them. Uh, there's this one character, and if you know anything about the female furies, as soon as you start reading this book, um, there are a couple of characters that they have introduced or reintroduced. I don't know. I've never seen these characters before, but one of them is like the leader of the female furies, not Bernadette, not Lashina, some other character. And even though they have not said it, uh, she might as well be wearing a red shirt. <laughs> okay. Because there's some characters which is like, yeah, they're going to die. And with her, even though she's the leader, yeah, she going to die. Um, there's one of, uh, one of, um, dark sides inner circle, once again, he's some dude I've never seen before. He gonna die. But it's only, it's, you know, this is only the first issue. These two 
may find a way to get away from um, Dark Side and the Female Furies. But I doubt it. But who cares? Because right now I'm at work, so I am done making a lot of noise. A lot of comic book noise. Take it easy. Oh, my God.